Welcome to Lord's house. You know what to do, right? Let's stand up. My feet are on the rock. Amen. Amen. Hey, isn't our worship team awesome? Way to bring it this morning. Amen. Y'all can be seated for a little bit. Good morning, Kavanaugh. How's everyone doing? Good. It's good to see you all back. Everyone fall out from this past week, right? It's good. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that you made it back safely and had an awesome week and uh, just enjoying your weekend here with us. Hope it was a great one. Hey, there's a lot going on at Kavanaugh Church, and we just want to make sure that you are constantly informed. So there are many different ways you can see what's going on here. One of them is Instagram and Facebook, yes, but we have a brand spanking new website. 
And it is incredible. Shout out to our media guy, Brother Devin, for doing that. It was fantastic. So you need to go check it out after church. Don't pull out your phones now. Go check it out after church. But we just want to make sure that you are well informed about everything that's going on here. And if you're a brand new guest, never been here before, I want to welcome you this morning. We have a couple stations right outside of these back doors. We'd love to connect with you, get to know you, um, and then share with you a little bit more about our church and, and, again, all the things that are going on here. We love this place, and God has truly blessed us. We want to make sure that you are in the know. All right? I want to invite you all to stand, and we're going to ask God's blessing on our services today. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and again, thank you so much for bringing us back together, God. The scripture says that you inhabit the praises of your people. And Lord, today we want to give you all the praise and glory that we can, God. But not just with our singing, but with our focus and our attention, with our, uh, with our prayers and our listening through of your word and the application of your word, God. Because we want to be the people that you call us to be, God. And again, as Brother Will brings the message today, I pray that our hearts are receptive to it and that we apply it to where we need it to be, God. So, Lord, we love you. Thank you for being our God. And thank you for accepting us as your people. We love you. So thankful for salvation through Jesus in your name. Amen. You all can be seated. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Eloise Augusta Watts to bring her family up on the stage. Hey, is, is, is Eloise asleep? Is she sleeping right now? Y'all, y'all clap very quietly for Eloise as she comes up. That's, that's a pretty good quiet clap, isn't it? So good deal. What a wonderful family. You know what? I've been, I've been in... Uh, in churches who didn't have this many people that this family has right here. So it's a good crowd. They're coming up on the stage. And little Eloise is, Bryce, how old is Eloise today? You know, five weeks. five weeks old. Wow. Isn't that great? You can give her a big hand now. So that's a good deal. Good deal. Family, come on up here. What an awesome family. Isn't this great? Love these guys. Very proud of them. Glad you're here. Are you glad to be here? Well, good, good deal. This is one of my favorite things we get to do at Cavanaugh Church, Gary, when we get to dedicate little babies. And you know what? I'd like to be doing this every Sunday. So y'all just keep having babies, all right? Good deal. Bryce and Jaden, let me tell you, God has given you the greatest gift that he can give a mama and a daddy. Amen? A beautiful little baby girl, Eloise Augusta Watts. And I want to tell you something, family, there has never, ever, ever, David, there's never, ever, ever been a little baby that's just like her, nor will there ever, ever, ever be another Eloise Augusta Watts. She's one of a kind. She's special. Just like every snowflake God makes is different, every child is different. So, Nobody has the same DNA as this precious little baby girl. Nobody has her unique personality, her own way about her, and you guys got to make her. Isn't that great? That is so awesome. But along with that gift, God has given you an awesome responsibility. And church, you know that the responsibility is not just on the mama and the daddy, father and mother. It's really on this whole family. And not only is it on this family, it's on us. We're, we're a tribe. We're a church. And we come alongside of our parents and help them raise their kids. So let me tell you, Jaden and Bryce, she's yours. 
and God has given you this great gift, but also the awesome responsibility of training her and teaching her foremost about Jesus Christ. And what you're doing today is, is very symbolic and it's very significant. Of old, godly parents would bring their children and dedicate them to God and his service. We have illustration after illustration of this in scripture. And so you're just doing the biblical thing today as you bring your little baby girl and give her back to the Lord. I, I want to take you this morning to Deuteronomy chapter 6 because this is your responsibility. Here's what the Bible says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, when you go to Walmart, when you drive through Sonic. And the list goes on and on and on. Really what the Bible is telling us, guys, is take every opportunity that God gives you in a given day, which there are many, to teach her about the Lord and the good things that God has done for her. One final scripture, the book of Proverbs says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. So Bryce and Jaden, in presenting Eloise for dedication, you not only signify your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but also your desire that she come to know Jesus as her Savior and follow the will of God for her life. In order to obtain this holy end, it is going to be your duty as parents and as an extended family to do the following. You need to teach her about Jesus early. Every day teach her about the Lord. Number two, you need to watch over her education. And that is so important, church, that we watch over the education of our kids that she not be led astray. You are to direct her youthful mind to the Holy Scripture and her tiny little feet to the Lord's house. You are to restrain her from all harmful associates and habits and as much as lies within you to bring her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So Bryce and Jaden and extended family, with the help of God, do you promise to do that for this precious little girl? If so, say, we will. We will. Fantastic. And now I'm going to ask this congregation, will you come alongside these parents and help them as they train and lead and raise little Eloise so that she might find, follow, and finish God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for her life? If so, congregation, say, we will. Yes. Fantastic. Got a few gifts for you guys. First of all, there is a certificate, Jaden, that you can hang in her room or do something with. It's really pretty. And here is a letter that I have addressed to Eloise Augusta Watts to be opened on her 18th birthday. And it's sealed, Bryce, so no steaming it open, all right? I'll tell you what's in it. I, I wrote Eloise a letter and reminded her what we did today, that we dedicated her to the Lord. And when she's 18, she opens it and reads it. And if she has not already accepted Jesus as her Savior, I encourage her to do that in this letter. Then Bryce got one more thing. Isn't this a pretty pink little pretty. New Testament? That's it's pretty. great. And it's got Eloise's name on it. And I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to charge you as her daddy to teach her from the word of truth. Will you do that? Jaden, can I hold her? I'm going to do my best. I'm, I'm kind of, oh my goodness. 
Oh, there you go. Oh, goodness. Isn't she precious? Do I look like a dork holding her? I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not used to this. She's so tiny, but you're so precious. Eloise, it is with a thrill in my heart that I dedicate you back to the Lord. It is my prayer that you come to know Jesus as your Savior and follow his good, acceptable, and perfect will for your life. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, we dedicate this baby back to you. We ask that you take her life and use her in your kingdom. I know, dear Lord, that you have something special for her, and I pray, dear Lord, that you would flesh it out in her life. Be with her parents and her family as they raise her. Give them the courage to teach her the truth. And we dedicate her to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. You are so pretty. And you're smiling at me. No, not right now. All right. Y'all give Eloise a big hand. Would you do that? Jaden, God bless you. She is so precious. She's precious. God bless you, buddy. Family, thank you so much. And I know you're going to do a great job raising her. As they walk off the stage, why don't you stand up and give them a big round of applause. I love them and appreciate them. And I want you to... I want you to get out your singing voice and put it on and praise team, let's worship the Lord in song.
Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. This last song that we're going to sing um, is called Do It Again, and it really is a song about God's faithfulness, and um, not just His faithfulness when things are good, but it specifically talks about His faithfulness when we go through hard things and when we struggle, which took me in my studies this week to Psalm 46, which I'm sure is familiar um, to a lot of you. The beginning just says, God is our refuge and our strength. He's a very present help in times of trouble. Um, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. It just tells us throughout that scripture that God is with us and that he is present when we go through hard things. And all of us face walls that seem insurmountable and uh, difficult days um, as just a part of life. Um, You know, I think when I got to verse 10, which is probably uh, a verse that I've had to claim a lot just because I'm, uh, it's hard to sit still. I don't know if y'all can relate, but verse 10 just says, be still, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted over the earth. And a lot of times I stop right there in my study, but the coolest verse was saved for the end. So I don't want you to miss this one, okay? The last verse says, the Lord of hosts is with me. I mean, right? Be still and know. So we don't have to do anything. Take your hands off of it. Take your hands off of the struggle. Trust in the God who is faithful, the Lord of hosts who is over all things and can do all things. This last song, do it again. We just want to ask the Lord once again to show his faithfulness to us and just do it again. Sing it with us.
call upon your name, Jesus. And we can claim those promises that you speak to in your word as our own. And God, anytime I know that we come to you with troubles and trials and struggles and grief and hardship and illness and all of those things, God, all we have to do is speak your name. We just have to call upon you. And you can heal us. You can forgive us. You can save us because that is who you are. And I pray, God, that today, if there's anyone in here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, that they would come and accept your gift, the gift of salvation, so that one day they can go and be where you are. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for this family that's sitting on the front two or three rows, God, that we are claiming those promises as our own. And I'm so thankful for the godly heritage that I've had, that I've grown up with, that I've been given. And it's such a blessing, God, to see these front three pews just filled with your promises. These folks covered by your grace. I thank you so much for those blessings. And I pray, God, as we move into the next part of this service, that you would give Brother Will a special anointing as he brings your word and he speaks to us. And that if there's anyone here, God, again, that doesn't know you, that their ears would be open and that their eyes could see exactly who you are and what you can do for them. And it's all of these wonderful things that I praise you and I thank you today in your sweet name, Jesus. Amen. That was great, wasn't it? Give the praise team a big hand. They deserve it. They did a fantastic job. Man, I'm glad you're here today. Uh, last Sunday was our dedication service, and it was just phenomenal, wasn't it? Uh, we had uh, a bunch of dignitaries here and special people, all of our contractors, and, and we all, uh, honored them. And, and I've had many of you uh, respond and, and tell me how great you thought the service was. It was a great service. Everything was Everything was perfect. It, it was like 99.9% perfect. Really, it was. You, you, the, the only degree that threw it off that made it not perfect was that we had ordered these special gifts for you to give out last Sunday on our day of dedication. And somehow or another, because of inclement weather up north, they got stuck like in I don't know, Chicago or someplace, and they didn't make it in time. You know when we got them? Monday. <laughs> the, the day after our big day. But no, no fears. We got them for you today. They're, they're right here. There, there's, there's two of them in a pack, and you say, well, I can't see that. What, what is that? This is one of these nifty, cool little car coasters. These are the new thing. These are the coolest things. That you Listen to me. You ain't nothing if you don't have a car coaster, all right? 
So we're going to pass these out at the end of the service when you leave tables at either door. And it has our, our logo for It's Our Turn, Kavanaugh Church, dedicated to 2022. And as you pick one of these up, it will complete the perfect day we had last Sunday. All right? So there you go. Those, those are awesome. Uh, again, I'm glad you're here for second service. What a, what a great dedication service we had. And now we're going to follow that with our final sermon from Matthew chapter 10 on our marching orders. Uh, this is the fifth sermon. We were supposed to have finished this series before dedication day, but because of uh, difficulties and problems, I'm finishing it today. I preached five sermons from Matthew chapter 10, and you're probably thinking, man, just get it over with, right? But I have really enjoyed this series. It has been a, a personal challenge for me. It's not been pretty. It's been difficult. It's, it's been hard to swallow what Jesus is saying. But church, we need it. We need to hear the marching orders that Jesus has given to Kavanaugh Free Will Baptist Church. So this whole thing started on sermon number one. When Jesus commissioned his disciples, his 12, he said, I am giving you power in my name to go out and tell people about the good news. You're going to have the power to do miracles in my name. And I want you to go to every little town, every little village, every city, and I want you to spread the good news of the gospel. People are going to receive you, but some of them are not going to. Some of them don't want to hear what you have to say. So if you go into a village and they close their doors, they don't want to hear, you just shake the dust off of your feet and you go down the road to the next place. You be faithful to do what I've called you to do, and that is to tell other people about me. Now, not only will people not listen to you, some people are going to hate you because of what you're telling them. You're going to be like sheep in the midst of wolves. Remember that sermon? And we're thinking, Jesus, why, why would you call us to do something like that? I mean, we could literally be putting our life on the line for you. And Jesus says, yeah, that's, that's what I expect of you. But he says, don't worry because I am going to be with you. And then in this passage, three times, Jesus tells us, don't be afraid don't be afraid of the world. Don't be afraid of the world system. Don't be afraid of the devil or his attacks. I am empowering you to be my hands and my feet and to speak the good news of the gospel. Because Jesus said himself, I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I'm going to divide humanity. You're either on team Jesus or the world's team. And then he concludes it today in our three verses we're going to look at, verses 40 through 42, and I've simply entitled this sermon, Give a Cup of Cold Water. So this is how Jesus finishes his marching orders to the church and to us. I'm going to read it out of my Bible. You can follow on the screen behind me. He said, the one who welcomes you welcomes me, and the one who welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. Anyone who welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who welcomes a righteous person because he's righteous will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is a disciple, truly I tell you, 
He will never lose his reward. Let's pray and then we're going to preach. If you're on board. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for this great day. I pray, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just fill this room. And Lord, as I attempt to speak on the outside, I pray that you would speak into our hearts. Lord, somebody in this room today needs to accept Jesus as their Savior. I pray that they would do that today. There are others in this room who have just slipped away from you, and they're not as close to you as they need to be. I pray that today they would come home. Lord, others in this room have some big problems facing them. I pray that they would come and ask for your grace and your help. And dear Lord, for the rest of us, I pray that today we would pick up our cross and follow you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to just be frank with you. There is a whole lot of bad news in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus talks about hard times. He talks about persecution, rejection, betrayal. He says, if you follow me, there's going to be division in your own family, imprisonment, beatings, lies, slander, verbal abuse, hatred. And we step back and say, why would anybody sign up for this? (laughs) Well, because he calls us to. I remember as a kid listening to a preacher, he used to kind of bend over the pulpit and say in a really loud voice, if you're going to be a Christian, be one. Kind of redundant, but he's making his point. We need that more than ever today. In a world where our brothers and sisters in Ukraine are being persecuted for their faith, And you may be wondering, why why is all this happening to Ukraine? Well, simply because Ukraine is the most Christian country in that part of the world. The church there is strong. They are sending out missionaries to that part of the world, and the devil doesn't like it. And so they are under attack. Christians are being persecuted for their faith. Well, you know what? That's the way it is in this world. So you need to decide which team you're going to be on. If you're on the world's team, then wear their jersey. But if you're on Team Jesus, wear his jersey. In these difficult days, we need Christians who are not ashamed of their faith. Listen to me. Compromise is going to win you no friends. You'll be too Christian for the worldly crowd and too worldly for the Christian crowd. So you just might as well stand up and be counted for Jesus. Okay? Thank you, Dallas. Thank you. Let me me put it like this. You need to get off the fence. You don't need to be lukewarm. Jesus said either get hot or get cold, but don't be lukewarm. He'll spew you out of his mouth. When Jesus comes to the end of this message to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10 about warning them repeatedly of the trouble that they can expect, he does what every good leader should do. He answers the question, well, what's the reward for this kind of life? I mean, what's in it for me? If, if, If I really do this and I take these marching orders and I follow the commission of Jesus and I'm like a sheep out there among wolves and I'm telling people about the Lord, what's in it for me? Well, maybe that's a fair question. 
I'll tell you this, following Jesus is not going to win you any praise from this world. If you dare to take a strong stand on any moral issue because of your Christian faith, you're going to suffer the consequences. You could lose your job. You might be sued. You'll certainly be attacked on social media. Around the world, our brothers and sisters face the threat of arrest and physical violence and often death itself. And so you've got to wonder, well, is it really worth it to follow Jesus? I mean, maybe we'd be better off just keeping our heads down and our mouths shut and not making any waves. Why risk your career or even your life when you could just go along to get along? Well, that's riding the fence. That's being lukewarm. And Jesus has none of it. So what's the reward if you're sold out? What's the reward if you literally take up your cross and follow Jesus? What's in it for you if you follow his marching orders? Well, here in Matthew chapter 10, 40 through 42, Jesus makes three promises to those who follow him. Here are these three promises. You know what, Jason? They're not what you would expect. All right, really, they're not what you expect. But follow along. Promise number one, if you follow Jesus, we are going to connect other people with God. You might say, well, that's no big deal. Freddie, Freddie, listen to me. That's a big deal. If you get to connect somebody with a holy God who can change their life, transform them, give them a home in heaven. Let me tell you, that's a big deal. Look at verse number 40. Jesus said, the one who welcomes you welcomes me, and the one who welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. Now, there is a connection here, a progression. I want you to see it clearly. First, people welcome you. When you share the good news, there will be some people who welcome you. Not everybody. He's already told us that at the beginning of the chapter. Some people are going to reject you. They're going to shut the door in your face. They're not going to want to hear it. When that happens, what do you do? I'm not dancing up here. What am I doing? I'm shaking the dust off my feet, and I'm going down the road to somebody else's house. Some people will reject you. And you know what? That, that's hard for me to, to, to swallow because I, I want people to like me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Jason, you're a nice guy. You, 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 don't, you don't like it when people reject you and they don't want to be around you. You think, what's wrong? Did, did I? You know? Because we're, we're, we're made the same way like that. We, but here, here's the deal. Some people don't want to be around you, not because of you, but because of who you represent. And they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear about Jesus. Why? Because they might have to change something in their life. And they don't want to change anything in their life. Some people are going to reject you, but some will listen to you. And when they listen to you, they're welcoming you. The second progression is that by welcoming you, they're welcoming Jesus. Because what are you commissioned to do? Tell them about Jesus. And number three, by welcoming Jesus, they welcome the Heavenly Father. Now, this verse very plainly tells us the only way to the Father and the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Do you, do you understand that, church? 
There are many roads that lead people to Jesus. There's only one road that's going to lead them to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said this in a negative way in John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 23. He said, whoever hates me hates my Father as well. And in today's multicultural world where we have enshrined tolerance and diversity and pluralism as the new secular trinity, statements like Jesus is the only way to heaven really don't fit in. The people of the world say, no, that's way too narrow. One way to God, how dare you say such a thing? But you know what? That's what the Bible says. You talk about the exclusiveness of Christianity. Here it is. There's only one way to get to the Father. There's only one way you can get into heaven. And that is through Jesus Christ, accepting him as your personal Lord and Savior. How many of y'all know the name Greg Laurie? Greg's a big-time preacher out in California. He, he has an awesome testimony. God, God brought him out of just a, a dungeon, a pit of sin, and changed his life and called him to preach. He pastors this huge church out in California, and he goes around the country and does these harvest crusades. A few years ago, he was down in, in Dallas and uh, went to the AT&T Stadium, filled that thing up with 80,000 people. Called it Harvest America. And there Greg Laurie preached to 80,000 people and told them the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and here's an excerpt from his sermon. He noted that people like to say there are many roads to God. He said, people say every road leads us eventually to God. So it really doesn't matter which road you take. Atheism, spiritualism, voodoo, Buddhism, communism, Hinduism, or any of the other isms. All roads lead us to God. That's what people say. But Lori went on to say, no, no, that's not true. Only one road leads us to God and to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. And he quoted that verse in John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man gets to the Father except through me. And so here it is, church, the good news for all of us. When we preach the gospel, we are connecting people with Jesus. We are preaching the one and only message that leads from earth to heaven. So whether you be young or old, rich or poor, male or female, all of us, everyone in this room, we have the privilege of connecting people with Jesus who can connect them to God and lead them to heaven. Wow, man. And again, if, if you're a fuddy dud, you might be saying, well, you know what? That, big deal. Big deal. What, what does that mean for me? Well, here's what it means for you. If you're serious about this and you do this, one day in heaven, somebody's going to come up to you and just hug your neck, and with tears in their eyes, they're going to thank you. Because of you, they're in heaven. Because you became the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus. And one day you are bold enough to open your mouth and tell them that God loves them. And Jesus has a plan for their life. And you shared the good news of the gospel. So there, there's the first promise. That's a pretty good one. You get to be involved in kingdom business. Jeff, you get to connect people with God. 
That's good, man. Promise number two, and let me count it like this. Almost did it this way, but here's the best way to count. We get to become a source of blessing to other people. Now, check out verse 41. He says, anyone who welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. That is, if a prophet goes out and shares Jesus with someone and they accept Jesus, they're going to receive the same reward that prophet is going to receive. And anyone who welcomes a righteous person because he's righteous is going to receive a righteous person's reward. Now, I don't know if we have any prophets out here, but do we have any righteous people? In the blood of Jesus you are, not on your own, but if you're saved, you know what? You are a righteous person. And so if you go out and share Jesus with someone, Ronnie, because you're a righteous person, they're going to receive the same reward that you, a righteous person, would receive. Now here's the bottom line. We can't all be prophets. We can't all be preachers. We can't all be missionaries. We can't all be pastors. We can't all be leaders. And at any given moment in history, there are some people who just, they just come to the forefront. There are presidents and kings and generals and potentates and famous people of all varieties. And it's the same in the Christian world. But here's the deal. Not every pastor is going to build a megachurch. Not every author is going to become world famous. Not every evangelist is going to speak to crowded stadiums. And Jesus alludes to this when he tells that, that parable about giving out talents. He gave one person one talent, another person two talents, and another person five talents. And while we like to say that the ground is level at the foot of the cross, and it is, the ground is level at the cross, all of us, look at me, every one of us are nothing but dirty, rotten, no good for nothing sinners. And in that sense, we're all level at the foot of the cross. But it's not true that we all have the same gifts because we don't. It's not true that we all have the same connections or opportunities because we don't. Some have more, some has less. And God is not obligated to give me what he's given you or you what he's given to me. And you're just sitting there looking at me like, what are you, what are you trying to say, dude? Well, let me say it like this. There was only one Billy Graham. There was only one D.L. Moody. There was only one Charles Spurgeon, and all those guys were great preachers. There was only one Martin Luther who led the Protestant revol Revolution. And, and so it goes. Jesus does promise to level the playing field, but in a way that is so totally different than what you and I would expect. Why? Because we all see the prophets. We rarely see the people who support them. We all see the great leaders, but we rarely see the people standing in the shadows. I mean, somebody's got to cook breakfast. Somebody's got to fry up the bacon. Somebody's got to care for the children. Somebody's got to be there to welcome the evangelist or the preacher home. Somebody's got to be there to pick them up at the airport. Somebody's got to be in the waiting room. 
And here's the amazing promise that Jesus makes in verse 41. Those who stand and wait in the shadows will receive the exact same reward as the man or the woman who is out in public receiving all the praise and acclaim. Now that's pretty cool. He won thousands to Christ. Yeah, but he didn't do it by himself. He built a huge church. (laughs) Yeah, but he didn't do it by himself. She filled stadiums with thousands who came to hear her sing. Yes, but she didn't do it by herself. Those who wait, those who serve, those who answer emails, those who fold the socks, those who mow the grass, those who keep all the computers running, those who serve on the task force, those who prepare the meals, those who open up their homes for Bible study, those who come in here and rearrange the chairs. They're a part of the team. In the Christian world, we all have our heroes. We've got our favorite preacher. We've got our favorite Bible teacher, our singers that are of our favorite, Christian actors, musical groups, and there's nothing wrong with having Christian heroes. But those who serve alongside of them win the same reward that they get. And man, that ought to be a big deal to you because it sure is to me. I mean, dude, we can all see the famous preachers, but you know what? We can have the same reward they have. Thank you, Lord. Man, I've been doing this a long time, but you know what? The first half of my ministry, I, was, I, was, I, I just felt such pressure to to be the best I could be, and, and, and I thought, okay, if this guy's doing it, I need to be like him, and so I'd spend part of my time trying to, trying to be just like this preacher. There's another guy over there building great church. I need to do exactly what he does and, and be just exactly like him and, and conform and do this and do that and be like this person that person. And now I've turned into an old man. But the light has come on in my head, and God is saying to me, Will, Will, no, you don't. I I, I didn't make you to be just like Melvin Worthington. I I didn't make you to be like this guy or that guy. I made you to be you. And as long as you're faithful to do what I have called you to do, as long as you're doing what I have made you for, then you know what? You're doing it, man. And I'm proud of you. And I love you. Guys, you know what that is? That is so freeing. All, all you, listen, all you have to be is you. That, that little baby we dedicated, Eloise, I said it. She's got her own DNA. Ain't nobody like her. And God has a special plan for her life just like he has for your life. And you want to receive your reward? You just do what God made you to do. And in a given day when he speaks to you and says, I want you to say something to that person, or I want you to do this, or be kind to that person, or give this person this thing, all you have to do is be faithful, be you, do what he tells you to do. And he says, here's your reward. So be you. Be a blessing to others. That brings me to number three, the third promise. 
You're going to be remembered for the smallest, the, the tiniest, the most minute kind things that you do. What do I mean by that? Look at verse 42. Whoever gives just a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is a disciple, I assure you, he will never lose his reward. What a great verse. Let, let me spend two minutes breaking it down. First, look at the person. The person, whoever. How many whoever's we got in here? Well, I'll get to that in just a second. It, there are no limits to this promise. You, you don't have to be a pastor, a missionary, a professor. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to be a graduate of a Bible college or have a seminary degree to qualify for this promise. Here's what you got to have. A cup of cold water. And you can be a whoever. So, how many whoever's we got now? And I'm not going to go on until everybody raises your hand. Because you're a whoever. Okay? That's the person, whoever. Second, look at the recipient. One of these little ones. Whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones. I admit to you, for years I read this passage and I thought, Jesus is referring to some little kids. But that's not who he's referring to at all. No, in the context, Jesus is talking about the least of his followers. These little ones are you and I. We are his little ones. And, and, and I don't really think Jesus has a hierarchy here, but he started off talking about prophets, and then he, he talked about righteous men, and now he's talking about little ones. Just one of his disciples. Just, just a common common follower of him, somebody that, that history may not remember. You know, here, here's a reality. Two or three generations after you're dead, ain't nobody going to remember you. I'm just a little one, and so are you. But you know what? The little ones, the little ones he's referring to are everywhere. If you reach out to the hurting, to the forgotten, to the marginalized, to the poor, to the homeless, to the abused, to the man living under the bridge, to the woman who is caught up in sex trafficking, to a prisoner, an immigrant, a widow, an orphan, Jesus sees your concern for them. Jesus sees that you're concerned about people the world wouldn't even give a second glance at. Little ones. Third, look at the action. Give a cup of cold water. Simple, inexpensive, often unseen. Giving somebody a cup of cold water really doesn't cost you much of anything. No preparation. But it can mean the world to them. As Spurgeon, the great preacher, remarked one time, a cup of cold water may contain a sea of warm love. And then fourth, look at the certainty of the reward. He said, I assure you, that person will not lose his reward. The original Greek uses a double negative to emphasize this point. Literally, what this verse says is never, ever, no way will they ever lose their reward. You know, for most of us, a cup of cold water is, is no big deal. If I get thirsty, which I'm pretty thirsty right now, it's all I got to do. Mm. I wish you had a cup. <laughs> if I'm at the house, all I do is open up one of the, the doors there in our cabinets and I take one of the hideaway pizza cups that we have 47,000 of. <laughs> and I don't even have to move. I just change hands and I put it right 
in this little thing on our refrigerator and a little spigot thing and push the, and it just shoots out cold water. And, and if I really want it cold, I just push another little button and chunks of ice drop into it. Crushed ice? Are we spoiled or what? Did, did you know in, in certain parts of the world, a cup of cold water is a very rare treat? On a hot day, nothing refreshes like a cup of cold water. It ain't much to us. We don't even think about it. It's no big deal to us. You may forget if you give somebody a cup of cold water, but Jesus never forgets. You may think nothing of it, but Jesus remembers it forever. And I guarantee you the person you give it to, they remember as well. A few years ago, I got a phone call here at the church one day, and on the other end was the voice of this young lady. She told me her name. I didn't recognize it because it was her married name. She said, I, I don't know if you remember me. My, my name when you knew me was, and she gave her, her name as a little girl, and, and I did. I remembered the, the name. And she said, I just had to call you and tell you how much you and Miss Angie meant to me as a little girl. Literally, to, today I'm married and I have kids of my own and, and we are successful and we're doing well and we're in church. And She says, but I owe a whole lot of gratitude and thanks to you and Miss Angie. And as she's talking, I'm, I'm thinking back. This is a long, long time ago, but I'm remembering this little girl. I don't, I don't remember what happened to her parents, but they were not involved in her life. She lived with her grandparents. And her granny was cranky. <laughs> I remember she's a cute little blonde-headed girl, had long blonde hair. Every Sunday morning at the Oak Park Church, I would walk through and, and see all the little kids before Sunday school and say hi to them. And, and she would see me, and she every time, Ken, every time she'd come running towards me, and I, I'd get down on one knee, and she would just embrace me and hug me as tight as she could. And I would, I would say, oh, you look pretty today. I sure do love you. One day, her granddad died. Now, her, her parents are not involved in her life. She was raised by her grandparents, and now her granddad died. And, and it was apparent to me this little girl had very little interaction with other people. Or she lived with her grandparents. And did I say her grandmother was cranky? So I go to the house to give comfort to, to the wife who's lost her husband, and I'm sitting there in the living room talking with her, and this little girl comes into the room, and she makes a beeline for me, and she jumps up in my lap. She put her little head on, her, on my shoulder, and she just sobbed. It's going to be okay. I love you. That happened a long time ago, Ron. I'd forgotten about it. But now she's calling me on the phone. She's saying, that changed my life. I found the love of Jesus through you and Miss Angie. And I can't thank you enough. Wow. I hung up the phone, and you know, that's exactly what I said. Wow. 
Really? Wow. When we help his people, we're helping him. When, when we dry a tear or offer a word of hope, we're serving Jesus. We become his hands, his feet, his voice. When we go the extra mile, even though we are already dead tired and a bit frustrated because things didn't go our way or we don't have the time or energy and we're already behind schedule, but we do it anyway, Jesus sees and he knows what we've done and he marks it down and it is as if we had done it unto him. What matters to Jesus are things that we don't even remember. A cup of cold water, a bag of chips, a quick phone call, a friendly hello, a a pat on the back, a prayer over the phone, a, a few minutes of conversation between classes, a word of encouragement, a visit with a sick friend, a friend to the county jail, or just holding a little girl in your lap. It's not a lot. It's a cup of cold water. When I say the name Daryl Strawberry, do you know who I'm talking about? He's a great baseball player back in the 90s. Uh, I've listened to his testimony numerous times. During his big league career, Strawberry hit 335 home runs. He was named as an all-star, Ken, eight times. And four times he won world championships on different teams. But along the way, he won notoriety for his well-documented struggles with alcohol and drugs. I mean, he was constantly in the news doing stupid things because he was hooked on drugs and alcohol. But you know what? God saved him out of that. And if you've never heard his testimony, go go on YouTube and just listen to the testimony of of Daryl Strawberry. It is amazing. God transformed his life and turned him on to the way of truth. And now he is a preacher. And I can tell you this, he is a much better preacher than he was baseball player, and he was great. But here's the way he ends his testimony. He says, when I get to the end of my life, God is not going to ask me, Daryl, how many grand slams did you hit? He is going to ask me, what did you do for my kingdom? You know, he's exactly right. And and that, in a sense, is what Jesus is emphasizing in Matthew chapter 10. The things we count so important on this earth, the rewards, the championships, the rings, the titles, the money status, the connection, our names in the light, all the rest of it really doesn't matter in eternity. When we stand before the Lord, you know what's going to matter? A cup of cold water that we gave one of his disciples in the name of the Lord. It's going to matter more than home runs or touchdowns or the size of your bank account. So here's my word for you, church. Real simple. Be faithful. If you're going to be a Christian, be one. We are called to be faithful in doing whatever God has given us to do. And as you are faithful day by day, there are going to be a thousand chances, a hundred opportunities, some big, some small, to do something worthwhile for the kingdom of God, to show some kindness 
to those who are around you. So, I'm about done, so look at me. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. It's not easy. But you know what? It's not supposed to be easy. Pick it up anyway. Follow him. Wherever he leads, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And I guarantee you this, if you do that, whatever he tells you, you'll never regret it. Heavenly Father, I love you so much, and I thank you for the privilege of speaking your truth. Lord, I've tried to be faithful to speak it on the outside. I pray that your Holy Spirit would take what was said and put it right into our hearts. Lord, there's somebody in this room who needs to be saved. They need to accept Jesus today as their personal Lord and Savior. You brought them to this place for the express purpose of them coming today and receiving the gift of salvation. So I pray, dear Lord, that that whatever else is going on in their life, they would see this opportunity and that they would take it, Lord, and come forward and receive the gift of salvation. Lord, there are a few people in this room who are away from you. They're, They're not on fire for you like they used to be. Through the events that have occurred in their life, they've just gotten cold. I pray that the heat would be turned back up in their heart today, that they would come and repent and get close to you. Lord, for the rest of us, I I pray that we would just come and and do what you've asked us to do in this passage, that, that we would just take up our cross and follow you, that we would give a cup of cold water in your name, that we would be a blessing to other people, that we would share the good news with everyone you bring our way. May this be a time of introspection and a time of commitment. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, would you please stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Praise team's going to sing. But as you stand up, if you need to come and pray, just come on. Just make it one motion. Stand up, step out. Come to Jesus. Because he's calling you right now.
Oh, Lord, we do sing your praise, and we love you so much. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for using us in your kingdom. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be your hands, your feet, and your voice. And I pray, dear Lord, that we would take this call in our lives serious, that we would accept these marching orders, that we would do our best to connect people with Jesus, that we would be a blessing to others, that we would give a cup of cold water in your name. Empower us, dear Lord, to be a light for you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated just for a moment, and I'll let you go here in just a second. A couple of reminders and announcements. Thanks for being here today. Come back, uh, come back tonight at 5 o'clock. You're saying, well, preacher, you're crazy. We, we, we haven't had Sunday night service in, in a couple of years now. Well, tonight is a special called business meeting. So come back for a holy business meeting, all right? Uh, we were to have this business meeting Wednesday night, but because of the ice storm, it's been postponed. You come at 5 o'clock. It, it's going to be short to the point, but it's going to be a good meeting, maybe Maybe 20 minutes if, if I get to talk in 30, all right, at the most. Uh, if you haven't picked up one of our church uh, budgets and proposals, those are available to you. If you have questions, uh, see me or one of our board members. We can answer your questions b before tonight, and it won't take us nearly as long, all right? Is that a deal? I told first service it, it won't be a long service, and, and maybe at the end our chairman, board chairman, will take you to Brahms afterwards for ice cream, but... He kind of gave me a sour look when I said that first service. He's just smiling at me right now. But uh, Also, when you walk out the door, make sure you put your uh, offering in one of those black boxes. We appreciate that so much. Come back Wednesday night. We've got to service for uh, all ages. Pray for our Puerto Rico mission team. Uh, Matt, things have been going great for them. They're coming back tomorrow, so pray that they have a, a safe trip home. Uh, pray for Matt. He starts some treatments tomorrow. I want you to pray for Ron and Sandy's little grandbaby, uh, little Demi. Uh, she was at, uh, she's at Children's Hospital in Little Rock. They had to do a surgery on this precious little baby this past week. And uh, Ron, she's doing better. She's improving, and we thank God for that. But just keep praying for Cece, for the family, and for little Demi. Pray for Kenan. Uh, Kenan lost his grandmother. The funeral was supposed to be this past week. It's been postponed until uh, tomorrow. Ruby Riddle. Uh, Ruby was a part of Kavanaugh Church for years before she was unable to come. What a precious, wonderful woman of God. Uh, do pray for their family. Uh, I want you to make sure to remember that I love you. And as a token of my love, I got some cool car coasters for you to pick up. Uh, there's tables at either door when you walk out. Pick up a pack of two. Double the love, man. Double the love. You are loved uh, by myself, by this staff. Most of all, you're loved by God. So march out of here and do something for Jesus this next week. We'll see you.